Praise God. Y'all all right in here? Y'all good? Uh, I did want to make some announcements. There's uh, a um, sanitizer dispenser right as soon as you come to the door on the left if anybody wants it. Um, just kind of remember when you're speaking to people, try to you know pull back a little bit just out of safety. Say it, don't spray it, Jay said. Um, man, thank God. Uh, we are able to come to church and fellowship together as one body. Uh, man, I have um, definitely enjoyed being here from the beginning and this thing start growing, you know, and everything that's going on. You know, as an evangelist, I've become a pastor, so it's been kind of a transition for me. And part of that is I like to say it all in one sentence and be done with it, you know, and that's how I like to go. But I noticed that God is starting to transform even my way of speaking a little bit. So this will be interesting for me. Uh, but I did want to give you some good encouragement. Uh, this week I was uh, going over the church uh, records here. And uh, I don't know if you all know church history here, but Brother Al was one of the most successful pastors here in terms of growth and number and things like that. I'm sure God had a reason and season for everything that went on. But, uh, you know, I was looking through all those pages and I seen just about everybody that's in our board were there in that administration. And it really gave me uh, great encouragement. You know, that that God has a plan, you know, and um, we're going to rebuild this church. You know, we're going to restore this church, even the physical buildings of the church. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. I mean, I, I think that we need to be on top of that, you know, in a couple of years, have that stuff nice and presentable again. Do you agree? So uh, anyways, that was my short uh introduction i also want to say man you know we're right around the corner of memorial day you know and there is a lot of people who have given their lives for us to have freedom here in america and i really don't want us to ever forget what freedom looks like what it is uh because you know there's generations in the future that might not ever see it um so let us be thankful for all the people who stood up and gave their lives, did what was necessary um, to allow us to have freedom here in this country. And, of course, for what Jesus Christ has done and set us free in the spirit, right? Uh, so I've been uh, studying a lot. You don't want to see my – you don't want to see it. It's serious, serious business. Uh, but last week I – um. I preached about wisdom and understanding, and we were uh, going through Second Peter chapter one verse five. Add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, and so on. Right, and uh, I got stuck in this place where I was preaching about wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Uh, and you know, something that I was preaching about really stuck at, stood out to me this week, and is really what inspired this message. And I don't really want to be obedient to God, you know, so I'm not going to just rush through and just try to get down the list as best as possible, but take my time sometimes. Is that all right? Um, 
We're going to start in Jonah. If you don't mind, I'm going to open us up in a uh, prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the opportunity to speak your word, Lord God. I pray that you just open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, Lord God. Let it be nourishment to our heart and our soul and our mind, Lord God, that we might live uh, and live more abundantly in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, so, if you're wondering what this picture is, the big picture, uh, I believe it really explains quite a lot. I want to explain to you what happens uh, with my media ministry. We got my son here. I'll tell him pretty much what I'm preaching. And he, he whips it up for me, throws it on the screen, shares it with him. He puts it in the clear. There's a lot going on here. Uh, but the main purpose for why I put this in the message today is because a lot of times in our life we come to a, a lot of frustrations uh, for a lack of seeing the bigger picture. How many people know uh, life always has a bigger picture? Uh, how many people know to be small-minded is to be right here and not being able to see the broader view? Uh, we don't we don't want to be right here. You know, and I've been right here several times and often I go back to right here. And when you're right here and all you can see is all the problems and everything right in front of you and you miss the big picture, life is frustrating. It's confusing. There's a lot of things wrapped up in that, right? But how many know we're seeing this, but the real picture is that, you know? And really what inspired this message is when I was talking about wisdom, and it says, wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is the ability to see something from God's viewpoint. Wisdom is God's character in many practical affairs of life. And, uh, that really stuck out in my head all week. And I, I wanted to keep driving in this direction. So a lot of our life's problems is when we focus on the smaller frames of life and, and we're not aware of the big picture. Sometimes you're not going to be able to help but see the smaller frames, right? Uh, but I want to give you an example here in the book of Jonah. Because sometimes if you are wise, you will be able to discern, number one, the heart of God. And number two, the will of God. But how many knows all the time you're not going to be able to see God's plan? But he has a plan. And he has a bigger purpose, a bigger picture. Something that he's accomplishing in the earth. And yeah, it has to do with you, but you're just a little side note on on it. Are you all with me? Sometimes, are y'all with me on that? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we think all of life is about us and what we got going on, right? But sometimes God has a plan. And uh, we got to be okay with being a side note in that. In other words, let me just give you an example. We might be restarting this whole thing right here. Uh, and, you know, we see time right now, and this is, you know, whatever. And God is in it, right? But it might be because... Somebody's great-grandchild is going to come up right here. He didn't allow this church to close. See, this is big-minded thinking. 
Because God sees past, present, and future, right? So when you see the bigger picture and you look at it, God might have left this thing open because one of his great leaders is coming out of this church that happens to be your grandchild or, or whatever many years from now, right? That's big picture thinking. In other words, I realize that I'm not just a pastor in this moment. There's many pastors coming after me, right? So everything I do and every choice and decision I make is not based on me. It's based on thinking of head and thinking behind, thinking of all the stuff that went into building this church and thinking about all the stuff that's coming later. To think about the pastor who's going to live in the parsonage after me. To think about all the things going on. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? This is a big picture. And when we don't think in big picture terms, we get frustrated sometimes. When we get consumed in ourselves and what we think is right now. And uh, I want to just bring you to the prophet Jonah to start us out. Y'all with me? Y'all know the story of Jonah? Uh, at the end of Jonah, you find this very interesting thing. Now, the story of Jonah is God called Jonah. Y'all know Jonah is one of the most stubborn, hard-headed, single-minded prophets there is. But I, I want, or single-minded, I mean uh, small-minded. But how many knows God will even teach you? And a lot of our frustrations in life is when we don't discern the will of God. And we don't understand the heart of God. Now, Jonah was called to go preach to a city, Nineveh, right? Uh, and there was 120,000 people in this city. Uh, and Jonah's like, I'm not, uh-uh. I ain't going. Y'all, are y'all with me? But this also shows you how God is, too. And, uh, you know, I think this is an awesome discourse in Jonah chapter 4. Because what ends up happening is Jonah goes through a real hard way for running from God. Uh, he ends up exactly where he's supposed to be. Uh, and he ends up preaching to Nineveh, right? Are y'all with me? Uh, but in Jonah chapter 4, listen to this. This is great. Well, let's start at uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Then God saw their works, talking about Nineveh, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So, in other words, Jonah shows up on the beach and he's like, repent, or God will destroy this whole entire city. You, 40 days, you know, whatever. So then Jonah leaves, right? And uh, this picks up when Jonah leaves, but it says that God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them if he did not, or uh, he did not do it. But here's Jonah. Come on in here with me. Uh, and I can relate to Jonah. I, I really can. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. How many of y'all have ever been angry at how things turned out? There's my honest people. What's up? I see you. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. This is really got to the core of who Jonah was. And he became angry. So he prayed. Underline this, man. So he prayed. He became so angry. And then it says, so he prayed. So he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said 
when I was still in my country. Therefore, I, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious, gracious and merciful God. Slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. One who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. This Jonah got so mad that he was just ready to die. Let me tell you something. Jonah's been through some things. Y'all with me? Uh, the man probably just about at his wit's end, about all he can take. And he said, the reason I didn't go preach in the first place, because I knew you, I knew you loved people so much that you was going to give them so much opportunity, you know, that you were loving kindness, right? That you were graceful. But watch it. It says, then the Lord said, is it right that you be angry? So Jonah went out of the city. Check this out. This guy here, he's funny. And sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter. So, and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. So this guy, he, he prophesies and tells him he does what the Lord told him to do. So he actually goes and sits on the east side of the city. And he's just laying here watching what God's going to do to this city, right? I mean, this, this is funny. I don't know. I don't know if you know it's funny to you or to me. It's, it's funny. Uh, because this guy, he, he's, he's, he's waiting to see what the Lord's going to do after all that he just went through, everything that he just said and did, and, uh, you know, and, and Jonah's mad. Uh, have you ever been to a place where you're mad and you pray? Because I, I've only been that, that mad, like, one time in my life. And I was so mad. Uh, and before, about four years ago, I didn't never pray when I was mad. As a matter of fact, I don't even... You know, throw my hands up. I remember one time in my life I got so frustrated that I wanted to die, and I got so mad that I prayed. So I, I can understand his frustration. Somebody say, I didn't see the bigger picture. Are y'all with me? Because <laughs> there's these places in life you're going to come to. And a lot of our frustrations is problems is because we're not, understanding the will of God, the heart of God, and what God is trying to do. And we see it in our minds one way, and it happens another way. And we're like, God, what are you doing? I've done what you told me to do. Or even worse, you know, sometimes you don't do what God told you to do. And you you got to understand who God is. you got to understand the heart of God. What did he do with the city of Nineveh? As soon as they repented, this is your God. As soon as they repented, he changed his mind. He didn't bring destruction. He had compassion. And there's times in our lives where, dude, we're running from God just like that song said, but we need to be turning to God. Because we get to a place in life where we're trying to do everything on my own. And if you're honest, you do a lot of your Christianity in your own strength. And you fight, and you fight, and you fight, and you do right, and you do good, and you're fighting, but you're doing it. In your own strength. And you get tired. Y'all with me? Uh, I want to give you an overview example. Uh, because we had talked about Mary being the mother of Jesus. And how that God says she was blessed. Blessed among women, right? But man, when he said that, that brought her so much 
pain. She just didn't know it. Let me explain something to you. Mary, along with all the disciples, believed that when Jesus came or the Messiah came, he, by prophecies, they believed that Jesus would set up his earthly kingdom and rule the world and destroy Rome, who was oppressing them. Right? So, you know, when they figure out, oh, this is the Messiah, they, this is the Messiah, you know, they had this in their mind. But how many knows? They didn't understand the will of God. There's sometimes you're not going to understand the will of God. Even Jesus' closest disciple and mama did not understand. Could you imagine the devastation? You, you being married now, imagine that, 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 that your baby boy is the Messiah. Oh, this is good. You know, you're excited. You're in awe. You're watching all the miracles. You're excited. And then he gets killed and dies. Could you imagine the level of despair and confusion and chaos? <laughs> Who knows what they went through? Disciples included, right? See, because they couldn't see the bigger picture, right? Are y'all with me? Am I preaching or barely preaching? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Or uh, sometimes we're like Peter, man. You know, we're so zealous for the things of God. We, uh, man, we're right there on the forefront, man. We're, we're, we know the kingdom's here. The Messiah's here. We're, we're, we got our sword in hand. We're ready to fight. Right? We're ready to go. And we're fighting and we're fighting. And you, you get stuck when you, when God changes positions and you didn't realize that his plan was different than what you thought in your mind. So Peter's over here cutting ears off and Jesus is picking them up and healing them. You're like, man, what kind of message? And then, you know, then they take Jesus away and he's being arrested, and, you know. But they failed to understand. They failed to see the prophecies. How many knows that Isaiah was called the eagle eye prophet? That is an interesting term. You want to know why? Because he could see 700 and something years into the future with pinpoint accuracy and prophesy about this to Jesus, right? You know what they failed to see? Is that when the shepherd is struck, the sheep will scatter. How many knows that God's word will come to pass? Whether you understand it or not, it will come to pass. And sometimes there's things in God's plan that we are caught up in and we do not see and we do not understand. Right? And we always have to be mindful that uh, when everything's not going right, when everything's going wrong, it didn't turn out like you thought it did, God still has a plan. Let me tell you something. When I was sitting in a jail cell ready to die, how many of those God was probably laughing at me? Because he knew at this time I'd be standing right here talking to y'all about it. Y'all, are y'all with me? <laughs> I didn't see the bigger picture, right? I got good news for you, though, because all of that failure, all that confusion, all those trials, God is doing one thing through all this, even though 
He's got a plan. He's doing one thing. He's causing you to trust in Him. He's causing you to learn to lean on Him. He's causing you sometimes to wait when you're ready to run. Are y'all with me? He's causing you to lean fully on Him. And that is the beautiful process of all these ups and downs that you're going through in your Christian life. You, you don't realize it yet until you come to the other side of it. And then it becomes understanding and you begin being able to see. Are you with me? Um, we're going to uh, turn in scriptures, but I'm going to keep speaking. But if you will, go to Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, I would keep, keep preaching this in Jonah because it is great and it is fun. In, in my opinion, it's fun. Uh because I see this man who, uh, you know, God is gracious and merciful. And he got, I'll just tell you real quick, God causes this plant to grow up. Uh, you know, Jonah's just sitting on the outside of the city waiting for uh, the destruction of Nineveh or see what God's going to do. And God's like, do you have a right to be angry with me? And then Jonah's like, yeah, I got a right to be angry. He was mad. And then it says that God caused a plant to grow up overnight. To give him shade, right? I'm going to tell you, man, God will teach you some things. It might not come in the way you expect it, but you you will learn some things in life. Uh, but he causes this plant to grow up, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it gives Jonah shade and comfort and peace. And then the next night, God causes a worm to eat the plant, <laughs> that it would die. And then he calls the wind to blow fiercely on his face. So he would be in all kinds of discomfort. And then he was so mad even more, right? So he had one night of peace, and then God was about to teach him something, right? See, a lot of times we're entering into spiritual things like this and don't understand that God is trying to teach us something. But at the end of the conversation, he says to Jonah, Hey, you care more about this plant that you didn't plant this plant that came up overnight and died overnight, then you do about 120,000 people who cannot discern their left hands from their right hands. Uh, and it kind of leaves off with this right here in the book of Jonah. I, I just think that is uh, interesting. Uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Uh, and... I wanted to tell you, you know, about Isaiah being this eagle-eyed prophet. But also I wanted to tell you about eagles. Because the funny thing about eagles, in the animal kingdom, an eagle, there's a lot of representation in the Bible of eagles. Uh, but they are pretty much like the king of the sky. You know, a bird only flies as high as he can see. Right? So eagles fly to this altitude of like 10,000 plus feet. And they can see the ground still with pinpoint accuracy. No other bird hangs out with eagles up there, right? And they don't fly in packs. They solo, dolo. They just soar, right? What you laughing at, man? I see you. So look, so look, but the, the funnier thing about it is they, they also don't even waste energy. The way they, they get up there, you know, a lot of birds just flat, 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 wasting all that energy and just get 
I don't know, 40 feet in the air. Eagles use the wind to their advantage. They just shake their wind and they start getting higher and higher and higher. And with little effort at all, they're soaring, right? Are y'all with me? How many knows from all the way up there, they see a whole nother picture of earth than a rabbit does? Are you with me? So the rabbit's down here in the earth, and they're concerned with this little carrot over here, this little human that might be throwing something out. Who knows? But they, they, they got this little picture frame of what they can see, right? An eagle, though, has a whole nother view of everything going on. See, an eagle can get all the way up there, and the higher he goes, the more he can see. The better he can see because his eyesight is phenomenal anyway. And he can literally take this view and still, from up there, with pinpoint accuracy, find a little rabbit down there and swoop down in on him before he even knows what happened, right? This is an eagle, man. Have you ever watched one of them? We watch uh, 72 Most Dangerous Animals. Very interesting. I've watched an eagle like just come out, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's incredible. I, I honestly would not want to come face-to-face with an eagle in all my manlyhood. So, anyways, the whole point that I'm bringing this to you is, you know, a lot of times we want to soar like an eagle, but we, we only can see as good as a rabbit. Right? But how many knows that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts? As much as that eagle is up there seeing everything, and we're like a little rabbit down here, that eagle sees it all, right? God sees it all. But not only just it all right now, God sees it all in the end, all in the beginning, all in the future. And how many knows that He prepared a way for you before you was even born. I find that amazing. That God has a plan for your life. In Christ Jesus from the foundation of the world. Right? And causes us to walk after Him. Right? By faith. Right? So why am I telling you all this, man? A lot of our life is spent in frustration. Are y'all hot? Man, I'm, st- I'm starting to get hot again. I'm glad I didn't wear that suit. A lot of our life is spent in frustration because we don't discern the will of God. We don't know what He's doing. We don't understand what's going on. And you're going to spend a lot of your life like this. But the whole time, He's building your system and your character into the image of Christ. Right? That we would grow and have the mind of Christ. Right? That's the good news. Through all your failure, through all your trial. Through all these things that seem like they don't work out. How many knows God has got a plan? And He's working all things together for your good to those who are called and love Him. This is the kind of stuff we have to learn to trust. When everything else is falling apart in front of our eyes, our little rabbit world, God sees it. God knows what He's doing. Are you with me? Uh, Isaiah. Chapter 40. Because I, I really want to get you here real quick. This is uh, 
The eagle-eyed prophet, I just love that about him. It's funny. It's because he can see with precision really far, with pinpoint accuracy. And he, he knew 700 years before all the disciples and uh, people that walked with Jesus what was going to happen. He might not have understood it, but he sort of talked about it, right? Have you not known uh, 40 verse 28? Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? So he doesn't faint or get tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Somebody say he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Wow, okay. Let's take this in, man, because this is something we, we don't know. Even though youth shall faint and become weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, obviously, you can see why I come come to this passage. But if you don't remember last week, I was telling you about spiritual laws that govern our world. And the precepts are found right here. And see, we, we think we're so smart in our own frame of thinking that we, we know and we got it all figured out, right? But I'm telling you right now that there is things in this word that if you listen to them, it's a, it's like a law. It's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to give you a few examples like, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and the rest will be added unto you. Right? Or uh, uh, Galatians chapter 6, where it says, You will reap what you sow. God is not mocked. Right? These are like spiritual laws. Or, uh, You who are spiritual, restore those who are weak with a spirit of gentleness, least you also. Be tempted. Uh, there's a lot of things. Humble yourself under the hand of the mighty God, and in due time, He will exalt you. And see, when you, you're young in the faith, you don't realize how true this stuff is, right? But you grow to understand it, and it it becomes a part of your script. Have mercy and forgiveness for people. Why? Because God had mercy and forgiveness. For you. you y'all with me? That there is a way written and encoded in the Bible uh, things that truly govern this world that we might not have never understood or knew. But I'm telling you that I have put a lot of them to the practice. And I've seen the fruits of it. And I, I think to myself, wow, this is incredible. So I'm always searching. Where's the next one, you know, where I need to understand because I've been transgressing the word the whole time and not realizing why chaos is over here going crazy on me. And then I don't have understanding either, so I'm blind and it's just happening. The world's crazy. I'm mad. Don't discern the will of God nor the ways of God and don't know what God is doing. And it gets frustrating, right? But the whole time God is causing you to trust in him. Nothing is wasted in your life. 
But it says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Right? So when we wait upon the Lord, we shall renew our strength. And, you know, we wisely, wisely rise with wings like eagles. Effortless, almost. Because it's the Lord who does it. You remember how I was telling you about getting knowledge and getting wisdom and uh, how knowledge is vanity sometimes. You know, the Greeks chased wisdom, right? Uh, and, and knowledge, right? And uh, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. And he says that the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And even the foolishness of man is greater than the, uh, the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. Are y'all with me? Sometimes it ain't about uh, seeking all that stuff. The truth is, if you would seek ye first the kingdom of God, the rest will be added unto you. See, you can go around and try to get the wisdom and get the knowledge. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to get you far. The truth is the knowledge of the Holy One, right? It's what we talked about last week, right? I try not to re-preach the same thing because I will. I sure will. Y'all let me. I'm trying to move forward, though. You feel me? Uh, if you will, um, turn with me to First uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 46. This is one of my favorite, most favorite places in the Bible. And uh, I'm sure you'll see why, and I will keep you not very long. Y'all with me? I know it's hot in here. First uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 46. Uh, and this is dealing with uh, one of the prophets, 1 Kings chapter 18, 46. And remember I was telling you about how we try to keep doing things in our own strength, right? Our own intelligence will get us in a lot of trouble. Uh, and we just don't know it. It's not that God don't understand you, it's that you don't understand God. It's not that God don't know exactly where you're at. It's just you think you're somewhere that you're actually not, right? And we, I do this often. I'm not, I'm just trying to show you, like, I go through these stages where I know and I, I can see everything clearly. And then I get right back to this place and I'm frustrated. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like Jonah sometimes. I'm like, why, God, why? You know, or whatever, right? But the frustration is from being. First Kings chapter 18, verse 46. And I'm telling you, man, like, God has ways. How many knows that the Bible says that things that are impossible with men are possible with God? Uh, and, you know, we would love by our own will to be able to run around uh, faster than uh, horses and uh, fly across the sky. And, you know, that's impossible with man, right? Well, let me tell you something. If it is the will of God, it's going to happen. Are you with me? That It's, it's, it's such a, a, a hard thing for a human being to understand the supernatural things of God that he can do anything. 
It's hard to understand a God who knows every hair on your head. Not one of your hairs hit the ground without His knowledge. How can we even understand or come close to understanding? You know how many hairs He's probably watched of mine hit the ground? I didn't have one ounce of knowledge. I'm waking up thinking I still look 20, homie, and I'm getting in the mirror like, you know. But God knows every hair. That's a knowledge that we won't understand. Are you with me? And our three-pound brains are not going to comprehend some spiritual things and the things that uh, God does and can do, right? But the ultimate goal is to trust in Him, right? Because we can try to do it in our own strength, or we can seek ye first the kingdom of God and do His will in His strength. That's where you get less frustration. Are you with me? There's going to be some corners where you still don't understand, but that's where it's at. That's where life is and life more abundance at. Are y'all with me? Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever noticed this before, but this stuff cracks me up. Dude. 18, 1 Kings 18, 46. And uh, we're almost done here. Uh, now, this is uh, right after Elijah done called down fire from heaven, done all these things, right? Um, he runs and hides and all these things are going on. But I, I just, this really, really got to me. Uh, let's start at verse 45. Now, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So pretty much Elijah and Ahab are in the same vicinity. And it says that Ahab rode away, which is a uh, king. If, if you all ever heard of Jezebel, that's Ahab is her husband, right? Uh, and at that time, Elijah was the prophet of the Lord. It says, so Ahab rode away. And went to Jezreel. But look, you will read right over this stuff if you don't pay attention. This is hilarious. Watch this. But it said, Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. So I said, The hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. How many knows that prophet... Uh, Elijah, or that he couldn't just, at his own will, take off running faster than chariots. Are y'all with me? But in this particular passage, for some crazy reason, God wanted it to be known that when the hand of the Lord is upon somebody, strange things happen. Let me say what it says. Let me repeat it for you. So basically, and let me give you a a visual, because, you know, what I was telling you about Isaiah was that, uh, you know, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, right, uh, and rise and mount up on the wings of eagles, and they will run and not go weary, right? right? So there's a certain level of strength in the Lord that we pretty much don't know nothing about. Are y'all with me? But in a small level, we would be foolish to think we understand the things of this God who created everything and has 
there's things in this room that like mathematical equations all over the place that he wisely I mean, there's so many things we just think we see we don't see anything. <laughs> there's viruses that you're hiding from right now. You know what I'm saying? They're just so weird. You know what I'm saying? You don't know, right? Praise God, I'll keep moving. Uh so you got Elijah and he the hand of the Lord comes upon Elijah. I mean no, he didn't need no technology. At that time, man, the chariot was the one thing, you with me? But when the Lord was involved, God, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He says he girded himself. And it says he took off running, but he got there before Ahab in the chariots. Don't you think that's funny? It says Ahab rode away, right? But Elijah strapped up his garment, right? Got to the business with the Lord, right? Running, taking off, right? Ain't tired, ain't weak, ain't scared, ain't nothing. I can't run so. But praise God, the hand of the Lord I can. You better believe it, right? I just think it's so funny. The Bible is full of this stuff. And we think, well, that's not logical. We have a logical explanation for everything. And we think we know everything. And in fact, we know nothing, as we ought to know. And that is the truth. Um, one last scripture, and uh, I'm going to pray us out. Uh, and it's David in Psalms. And I can read it if you don't want to go there. Psalms chapter 18, verse 29. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. For by you, I can run against the truth. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. This is David now, King David. I'm talking a warrior who never lost one single battle. But the difference between David and Saul is he sought the Lord and waited on the Lord. Before he would go to fight anywhere, right? King Saul was one of the guys that always thought they knew what the Lord wanted. He kept doing stuff that he thought God wanted, right? And and then he has all these humanly reasons, his logical way of thinking. Uh, well, I kept the sheep when God told him to destroy the sheep. Are y'all with me? Uh, and, and he says, well, I was going to use them to sacrifice to the Lord, right? And that's where you get that obedience is better than sacrifice, right? But King David, man, he he listened. And before he would do anything, dude. So what I'm saying is, though, this is written by King David. And he says, for the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you, I can run against the truth. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. And uh, I'm going to finish this message, but I want us to pray together. Because we've got to get to a place to where we understand Christianity is faith in the Lord. It's trusting in the Lord, right? Are y'all with me? I know y'all get tired like I get tired. Because I run through these processes where I'm trying to do everything in my best human ability, right? 
And there's a lot of times that you come to that place, then you get to the place where God shows you. And it's like a relief and a peace in your soul because you run until you're silly, right? You'll run until you get tired, until you get frustrated, until you get mad, and you'll be doing everything in your own strength. Wore out. Don't even know it because you're doing everything you think you're supposed to be doing. And it turns out a whole nother way, and you're frustrated, you're mad, right? But a lot of the times God is just building your character because he's trying to get you to stop swinging at the air and trust in him, right? By my God, I can leap over a wall. David says, man, the word of God is proven. Yeah? Y'all with me? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the opportunity to uh, stand and preach and speak your word, Lord God. I pray that you just open our hearts and our minds and bring us together Trust to trust in you, Lord God. Help us to grow spiritually and grow mature and grow wise, Lord, and understand your ways. Give us knowledge of the Holy One. Show us what uh, uh, brings us forth and uh, causes us to live an abundant life. Teach us the ways of the world that, that is causing us to experience failure and chaos and frustration. I pray that you just give us peace, the peace that passes all understanding in all circumstances. Let us put you first in everything we do, Lord God. And let us lean and trust in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Love y'all.